Presenting a Windstream Media Resources podcast. Hi, this is Tim Waters, and you're listening to the first of many podcasts aimed at directors of small band programs. And today we're excited to be visiting with Mr. Dale Barnett. Dale has quite the history and credentials and resume. Part of his story is serving as director of bands for Union High School here in Tulsa, Oklahoma for many years. And in the years before and after that, Dale has served in several band directing capacities. He's involved in many things in the community and music and organizing and all kinds of things that are involved in that. And I knew he would be a great first person to interview as we're talking about the needs of small programs and how best to meet those challenges. Thanks for being with us today, Dale. Glad to be here. Thanks. Dale, you've obviously worked with Union High School, which is a uh, nationally known program. You've had lots of numbers and equipment and, and people and staff and lots of things at your disposal, but you've also worked with smaller programs. And in fact, you're currently working with a smaller program now, and I thought it would be very timely for you to maybe share with us maybe some of the common challenges that directors are running into. As you made your adjustment to this smaller band program, what were some of the things that you began to wrestle with? Well, the big thing, of course, is warm bodies. Uh, when I got to Holland Hall, this is my fourth year there. When I first got there, we only had uh, 19 kids in our upper school program, which is 9 through 12. Holland Hall is a private Episcopal preparatory school, and, and they want kids in the middle school to have a music experience, but it isn't focused on as many repetitions, I think, as uh, band directors of my era are used to. You know, a daily class is what I was used to for all those years. And now all of a sudden our middle school is on an A-B schedule. So it's three days one week, two days the next, with interruptions that happen a lot at a lot of schools. A school out of doors activity or a special speaker or program comes in. So sometimes your two-day week turns into a one-day week, which is really devastating. Uh, the other thing I found with our middle school kids is, you know, you encourage them to practice, but they take their horn home on Monday, and then they thought they had band on Thursday, and they left their horn home on Wednesday, so they missed that day. So uh, the repetitions is probably the biggest hurdle, and that every other day schedule with the middle school. I am not disappointed in what our high school does. We only have 44-minute periods, but I do get to see the kids every day. And out of a, it's kind of a six-day schedule, which is kind of complex, but I just keep it written on my desk, and I can keep up. But we have uh, four of those cycles. We have concert band, and two of those cycles we have jazz band. So, And those, those players are all pretty much in one or the other. I have a few extra in concert band or and spirit band. We do that this time of year uh, than I do in the jazz program. But you know, at least we're having both aspects of the program, and I feel like it's a daily play. And if I need to cancel concert band and turn it into jazz band because we've got a contest this week, then you know I can do that. So I feel pretty good about the upper school. Uh, we have like 32 kids enrolled this year, so I feel like we're moving in the right direction. And if I can just get a few more of them to come through the middle school and buy into that upper school experience, that's where I think the program is really starting to make great strides at my particular uh, location. So you, you have a spirit band for pep rallies and games, but not a marching band. Right. We don't have to do the physical part of getting on the field, and you know we can do a lot of little tunes inside. And this time of year, that's really uh, all we're working on. And as we get about to the middle of the season, we've got enough literature to last for a football game, and we'll start doing maybe concert band two of the cycles out of the four that we do concert band and, and start transitioning over, getting ready for the Christmas program and other programs that we do. So it uh, it is not nearly as time-consuming uh, for the kids 
students to, to have to get all those other things that go with these huge marching band programs. So do you find that with the spread out schedule that you're dealing with, and I know other directors are dealing with this too, do you find that there are times in the school year that you just have to set aside some particular time to pull things together and people together? I do all of my middle school things separate. Sixth grade is a separate group, seventh grade separate. I, I thought about trying this year to put my eighth grade with seventh, but you know, the eighth graders, it's just a different level. I mean, it, it's like they take little bumps once in a while, and, and that bump is sometimes in potentially what they're going to be able to perform. And I don't want to hold the eighth graders back, and the seventh graders really don't have enough range to do some of the stuff the eighth graders are doing. So I find it hard to compare unless you have them on a more regular basis. And I think when you have them regularly, 7th and 8th graders mix fine. Uh, sixth graders need to be, I think, their own entity. I did junior high band uh, when I was in my first job, and we had basically an 8th and ninth grade band, but there was always a few 7th graders that would just fit right in. And so when you have that kind of liberty and you have a more steady meeting uh, time, then it, it just works better that way. The upper school, uh, I'm real happy about the way that program is going, and, and we have some extra sectional things that we do, and I do usually do those before school because all of the kids have to be in athletics at all and all, so that's after school. So I choose some things before. Uh, the kids on our schedule have what they call free mods, where they have some free time during the day, like kind of like a college schedule. And so if a kid ever misses my class, I'm telling him, well, you're going to have to come in on a free mod and pay, play for me. So I get some individual or some small group play times between classes from time to time because I am not book solid from 8 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. I have free spaces just like the kids do. So I'm able to get some individual times that kind of get some of the kids over the hump if they're having trouble. Uh, or I'll ask a kid, uh, you need to find a free mod sometime later this week and let's get together because you need some help on that particular thing. So I find that real helpful when you're trying to deal with kids on a 9 through 12 level, which can have a huge disparity in, in both talent and technique. And you can kind of bring things together a little bit that way. That sounds good. What about with a program this size, and I imagine other directors face this too, how are you handling the situation of missing instruments or missing parts that come up? Well, I think everybody always has to rewrite something from, from time to time. I, I feel real lucky because we have a pretty balanced instrumentation. My clarinet section at the top is in our upper band is only one player this year, which is kind of devastating in my own mind, but I'm sure we'll find a way through it. I've got four flutes, only one clarinet, but I've got three altos, uh, two tenors, a bassoon, uh, Barry Sachs also, and then in the brass I have six trumpets, two French horn players, two trombones, uh, two baritones and a tuba. Wow. So uh, for a small group, and yes, I've made some changes of instrumentation over the last two or three years. Uh, one of the tuba player was actually a trumpet player, and he had you know, physical characteristics that he just was not being successful. He knew he was struggling. I said, you know, let's try something different and gave him a few lessons and kind of got him going, and he's he's ended up making a nice little tuba player. He doesn't like playing sousaphone. It's just not, it's below his stature, but he can play tuba. So for marching, or for spirit band, he's uh, playing a, a little marching baritone, and he's liking that real well. But with marching baritone, he gets to go back and read trumpet notes. He likes that, you know, but easier than the, the shift to bass clef for the tuba parts. But I feel lucky in some respects that we have a pretty balanced instrumentation. I've been beating the halls trying to find me another the clarinet player though okay well now you mentioned sometimes it's a jazz band uh do you find that you're able to get something close to a traditional jazz band instrumentation well right now we have uh, uh six axes so i'm doubling the second alto a kid moved in this year that was a kind of a surprise uh i've got 
three bones. Uh, two of them are playing marching baritones because they're not really trombone players. They were trumpet players, or one of them was a French horn player. And I've got uh, four trumpets. So I have a, a pretty much uh, the, the standard jazz band set. I've got uh, two different trap drummers. I've got two kids that play piano, and usually I have one play vibes while the other one's playing piano. I've got two guitar players and one bass player, and one of the bass players also plays guitar. Uh, so they can switch around a little bit, and uh, you know my program is uh, pretty healthy instrumentation-wise uh, to meet the traditional needs of what band and jazz band are all about. That's great. What about in the area of uh, you mentioned sometimes having to adapt music? Have you had much uh, challenge in the way of uh, music selection and finding things that fit? What might not be a standard group from time to time? You know, mine is 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 close enough to standard that it usually works. We did a piece last year that actually was supposed to start with the baritone player, and my baritone was not that strong, but I had this little bassoon player that very is a very strong player. So we just switched that solo over to bassoon, and every once in a while, you had, I had an oboe part that would uh, kind of come along that needed to be covered, and I had uh, two flutes and two clarinets last year, and we could usually slide some money into that and get that part covered. I also had one guy that was a, a tenor sax player that played soprano sax with the band for the last two years, and he was able to cover some of the oboe stuff, and he also doubled some of the clarinet stuff because I only had two clarinets, and so one year, as a matter of fact, the first year he played first clarinet because he could get the high notes. It's, it's the low register that didn't work. So, yeah, I have played with with both some instrumentation changes on the charts, and I really uh, push kids in directions to fill some of the voids by not being just a trumpet player, but a trumpet and a French horn player. Uh, I've got a senior boy that played French horn for two years, and I finally got a couple of kids come up, and he really wanted to play trumpet with jazz band, so he had been playing trumpet with jazz band, but now he gets to play trumpet his senior year with, with the concert band also. So, you know, you, sometimes you can make the kids happy and, and fulfill your needs at the same time. That sounds great. Sounds like you've come up with some creative solutions there. What about for uh, directors who are struggling to find a balance and, and try to get the right sound, even though their instrumentation might not quite be what they want? Any advice for trying to get a good balance and overall sound? You know, I think you just have to come from a musical standpoint, and does it does it sound good to listen to? Uh, there's a school here real close, uh, Victory Christian, and Victory Christian, I listened to them at contests last year. They had no trumpet players. They were at district contests with no trumpet players, and they had an alto sax in some places cover the melody. They had a clarinet in a couple other places cover the melody. He made a one at district, and he made a one-two-two at state, and he's a good friend of mine, and I was going to go out and work his band, and then I ended up judging the contest he was supposed to go to, so that was a little bit of a uh, non-viable non type thing to do with uh, being able to judge him. But he did a very nice job, and I think you have to be aware that when you're creating music or interpreting music, it's the quality of sound that you're looking for, and you've got to have melody and harmony. You can't just run along for a phrase and have harmony only or harmony and accompaniment. You know, it's not going to work. So I think rewrites, especially in small groups, are absolutely necessary. It's just not like there's one formula that's going to work for every situation. Dale, for the directors who have made the transition from maybe a regular band program who now find themselves in a unique situation of trying to put together something in this different environment, I know some have been in bigger public school settings and now find themselves uh, either working with a homeschool program, trying to do a band, or a small private school situation. Is there any overall advice or encouragement you could give a person like that who's making that transition to try and see things in a new way and make the most of this new season? 
I think fi trying to find a performance niche is real important. The kids like the performances. I, mean, I don't think kids buy into rehearsal all that much. That's kind of one of those forced issues. You have to have rehearsals to be able to have a good performance. So I think trying to find a good uh, performance venue that works in this situation that you're in. Uh, my middle schools only do a Christmas program and an end of the school year program, but that's what they looked forward to all semester. So, you know, you can't just have a rehearsal band and, and it be something that that, uh, the clientele that you have are going to have a really good time doing it. They've got to feel like somebody's going to clap for them at the end of a tune. And I don't do real long programs. When we do our uh, middle school program in the fall, the orchestra director and myself put together <clears throat> those two entities, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. So her orchestra plays 6th grade, then my band, and then her 7th grade group and my 7th grade group, and we're done in an hour. Every group does about three tunes, and it doesn't push any group too hard to do you know, uh, 30 minutes worth of music because none of them do that much music. But mom and dad are happy. The kids have put on a show. We make the kids go out and listen to the other groups. You know, They're, they're an audience for each other. Uh, that's been a real popular program with us. And at the end of the year, our band program is just the bands, but it's sixth grade for 10 minutes and seventh grade for 12 and eighth grade for uh, 12 to 15, and then the upper school finishes off the evening. So it's kind of like, a, for parents, it's kind of like a space warp thing from beginning to end in, in one hour, you know? Well, again, we've been visiting with Dale Barnett today. Dale has quite the resume and background in, in music education, especially in the instrumental area. He's had several successful band programs, continues to work in this field, and we've been excited to hear his feedback and his input today as we're looking at the challenges of the small band program. If you're a director who might have some questions for Dale, Dale, you're comfortable with someone maybe sending you an email question? Yeah, I wouldn't mind at all. My email address is barnettd, and that's two T's on Barnett, and then D is in dog, at valornet.com. Great. Well, Dale, thanks so much for taking time to share your insights and wisdom today. We sure appreciate that. Glad to be here. Hope it helps. You've been listening to a Windstream Media Resources podcast, brought to you today by Windstream Publishing, specializing in flexibly scored instrumental music. Visit us on the web at www.drtw.net slash WSP. Also, we invite you to join our group on Facebook under Windstream Publishing.